morning, everybody. It's so good to see all of you who made it here, who made your way here physically, all of you who are watching with us, joining us online, wherever you're watching from. Thanks for just taking a part of your day to be with us. And, and again, I hope that God's met you so far, and I'm just praying that God continues that with worship and Dollar Club and the message that he uh, wants to give to us. And I want to welcome to all of us uh, to week number three of the series that we are calling uh, What's Up. We're going to get to that here in, in one second. But uh, I did want to mention something really quick that tomorrow, Monday, uh, is Martin Luther King uh, Day. We're celebrate the life of Martin, Le- Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, I want to mention that really quick because uh, I just felt a need to talk to you and just say that we need to stay aware, everybody, that, that racism is still a, a big, pretty big problem uh, in this country that we love and in the world still today, and it's, it's what Dr. King stood up for. It's what he advocated for, equality regardless of skin color, and, and everybody, listen, he advocated for that uh, as a Christian, as somebody who believed it. He knew Jesus was, was the power that could really get us through that, nothing else. Like, I don't know if you know much about that, but he, he loved Jesus with a passion, and, and for us as believers in Christ, uh, we have to also be a part of the solution uh, of ending the effects and promotion of any sort of racism or bigotry that exists. Uh, and, and here's the thing, like I thought about this a lot. I don't want to be political, but, but I'm more than happy to use this platform to advocate for that because here's what I would hope you would at least agree with. I would hope that wherever you land, that you would at least agree with what Jesus says uh, on how we're supposed to love people. He's really clear about that, uh, that we're supposed to love. We have a call and we have a human responsibility. Uh, and on top of that, a Christian responsibility to love everyone regardless Uh, of their skin color. Jesus said, the world will see that you love me by one thing, by how you love everybody. Not, not just certain ma- ma- group of people, but by love everybody. I was, I was actually uh, looking at some quotes from Dr. King, and one of the many that hit me was this. He said this about love. He said, I've decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. I love that quote. And so listen, everybody, just, as this holiday comes, here's my hope. Uh, my hope is that we just kind of stop uh, and think and, and pray a little bit uh, about just trying to look at these racial divides and praying for them to be healed. That's what I'm just asking us to do, to pray for them to be healed uh, and, and just for us to see our call as believers in Jesus to be a part of the call that, that Jesus has for us to love people, uh, all people, okay? And so I thought I'd just throw that out there just for us to think about. So let me pray for this. Let me pray for us, and then we'll get moving today. God, uh, man, there is, uh, there is a problem there, there is a problem. And even as I talk about race, like I, right now I can feel that, that there, some of us are getting stirred about it. Some, some of us are getting emotional about it. Some of us are actually getting a little defensive about it because we don't think there is a big problem. And all of that points to, God, that, that there is still an ongoing problem with this and so um, that there is a racial divide in our midst. Romans 2.11, you say very clearly that, that God knows, shows no partiality and may we be that as well, that we show no partiality and who you call us to be. God, help us to carry that message of love. Help us to, to be a part of the solution uh, of this issue and this problem. We love you, and, and again, you showed us how to love. Help us just to love well. Uh, we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for praying with that, uh, with me for that. Okay, so let's get going. So what we've been doing uh, in this series is that, is that we're taking the new year and we are looking at five of the most important relationships uh, that we have. And, and so we're, we're looking at uh, these relationships and we're looking at what God has to say and then we're hoping to be able to ask some questions that will help us in these relationships get from here to there, that, that wherever we are, that there's a there, that there's a better place uh, to get to in all these relationships, okay? And so, so far, what we've been looking at, uh, we looked at uh, our relationship with God in the 
the first week. And last week, we actually looked uh, into our marriages. And this week, today, uh, we're going to look at our relationship, get ready, with money. With mo- Man, this is such a, I'm talking about race, religion, and our resources. Come on, that's a, that's a triple threat, everybody, all right? Like, so don't leave. We, we already locked the doors, all right? So, and I know, because I know, I know when it comes, uh, some of you are already getting like a little, little stirred about it. Like you're, and, and listen, it doesn't surprise me, uh, it doesn't surprise me uh, that we get a little defensive with money and, and talking about that and what God has to do with it. And, uh, and I realize, there, there might be some of you here, you haven't been to church, you, maybe you're watching, you haven't been to church or, or looked at church since 2010, and, and they talked about money then, and you're like, See, that's what they want. They just want my money. And so first of all, welcome back. Uh, glad, glad you're back. And here's the second thing that I want to say. And if you're in here, I don't want to dime your money. I don't want to, listen, I'm going to say something up front. This is not a campaign. I repeat, this is not a church campaign, all right? Like, we, I'm not trying to trick you into giving uh, to something we need for the building fund, okay? Like, that is not, that is not what we're doing. That's not what we're going after. So then why are we doing this? Why are we talking about money? Well, uh, because, <laughs> because we, we need to talk about it. Here's why. This is the primary reason why I want to talk about this. Because we here at Riverish Church, if you want to know a little bit about us, we want to be a church that just follows Jesus. That's it. Like, it just boils down. Like, we just want to be a church known as a church who follows Jesus. And listen, everybody, Jesus talked about money and resources a lot. He talked, I was just looking into this a little bit. Uh, he talked about it a lot. He actually talked about money and possessions two times uh, more than he talked about heaven and hell. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, and in the 39 or so parables that Jesus had, he brought up money or possessions or used those as an analogy in 11 out of the 39. So that's a quarter of the parables had something to do with money and possessions. And even in the Bible, when when you look at the Bible, there are over 500 verses about faith and praying. There are over 500. You want to know how many verses handle money? Over 2,000. Okay, so that's the first reason why I want to talk about this. And the second reason is a very practical reason. Here's the number two reason why I want to talk about it. We are made up in here and out there, all of you, I have no idea how many of you are out there, but we are made up of all kinds of different people, right? A different age, different race, marital status, different stories. But here's the thing. Of the handful of things that are universally true for all of us, one of the things that's true is that we all have to deal with money. Some of us wish we were dealing with more of it right now, but we are all dealing with money right now. It's a big thing. And so since we are all dealing with it on a daily basis, I just thought it's an important relationship that we need to talk about it. And, and here's what I know as I was thinking through this this week. I know for some of you, you may be in a rough spot like many Americans are right now. This is probably one of the worst economical times that I remember us going through in my entire lifetime. And so I know for some of you out there uh, that, that, you're, that this area of your life is not so encouraging. And the last thing that you want to hear is something more about money that you don't have or that you're struggling through. And listen, I don't, I, my intention is not to, to condemn or make you feel bad or beat you up about it. And here's what you also need to know. God doesn't want to beat you up either about your money. In fact, I think God wants to encourage you. I don't think he wants to give you hope. He wants to give you a balance and a peace when it comes to finances. And you can have a balance if you follow him and you listen to what he says, regardless of how much is coming in and what's going out. I really believe that. Uh, because here's my guess. Here's my guess. So many of us, I say this all the time, I think there's only really one thing that we're all looking for in this life. I think so many of us are looking for peace and balance in our life. That, that's what we like. If, if peace and balance could come to our life, uh, th- that, that would be so great for all of us, right? And here's what I want to tell you. See, there is a way that we can actually have that in our finances. We can actually have peace and balance. There's a part that finances plays in our entire lives uh, when it comes to having peace and balance. But here's the truth. The truth is that there are people who have a lot of money and a lot of stuff but still lack peace in their lives. Did you know that? It's not about how much they have or what they, they, they accumulate because they're still out, out of peace and they wonder why. And here's what I'm gonna tell you because there are some things that God has to say about it. There are things that God says, here's what you do and, he, and if you follow those, it will lead to peace in your life. No matter how much you have, 
uh, or, or what the lack of it that you have. But if we violate those things that God says, then it starts a ball rolling. Listen, that'll get us out of whack in life and it'll keep us out of balance and out of peace. And so to help you understand this a little bit, I wanna, I wanna introduce you to someone. You actually met him uh, before with, with another message, but this actually really fits. I wanna introduce you to this guy. Uh, he, here he is. Th- this is Netflix Andy, all right? Netflix Andy. Now, first thing, pretty good looking guy, okay? Like, that's, let's get that out of the way. Second of all, he is a train wreck in my life, okay? Netflix Andy is a train wreck for me because here's what Netflix Andy is all about. Netflix Andy doesn't care about morning Andy. He doesn't care. He doesn't care because Netflix Andy's favorite saying is just one more episode. That's his favorite thing to say and it's never just one more episode. And so then I wake up in the morning all groggy and exhausted. I'm like, ah, oh, Netflix Andy, like he strikes again, right? And, and here's the issue when it comes to us uh, and money and finance and all that stuff because like Netflix Andy procrastinator Andy, late night snack Andy, that guy. Like those sound like really bad superheroes because they are, right? Like they really make a mess of my life. And one of the biggest reasons, everybody, one of the biggest reasons that we find ourselves out of whack, out of financial peace is the same reason I have problems with Netflix Andy because if there was an immediate consequence to every dumb decision I make financially, we would really change our style. We would change our ways really quick, right? But here's the truth. I don't know if you knew this, but don't miss this. See, because in our finances, a lot of times what we do today doesn't really mess with us until later on, right? That's why a lot of us find ourselves out of peace, out of balance financially. But I want to I do one thing. I want you to listen to what the Bible says about this one area, and then you can determine whether or not you want to stay with us, checked in for the rest of the time. So look at this. And this is thousands and thousands of years before Jesus was born, thousands of years ago, and, and God nails it for us still today when it comes to this area. Here's what he says. It says this. A wise man thinks ahead. A fool doesn't and even brags about it. And he says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. Okay, so this is what I want us to see, everybody. This is what I want to see. God wants you in this life right here. He does want you to have peace and balance and joy in this life. And here's what I'm going to tell you really quick up front. This life starts, this life of peace and joy and balance, it begins with placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for what he did on the cross for you. That, that's where it starts. It has to start. It can't start anywhere else except for coming to terms with what Jesus did for you and the forgiveness of the sin that is in your life. And then, and then while we live here, while we live down here, there is a way that we can live in Christ, because we already decided that in Christ, and then when it comes uh, to, to being a blessing and a peace in our lives down here, that he wants us to have that. And here's the thing, when it comes to how we handle finances, how we handle money, there are some things that God tells us to do. There are some things that God wants us to follow. And here's the thing, how we do that will either be an open door to or a barrier in front of the peace that God wants us to have. And here's the thing, it's why I think he talks about money so much. Here's why I think he talks about it so much, because he knows the tug, he knows the tug that money and resources have on our hearts and in our lives, and how we can, listen to me, everybody, if you're a Christian here, how we can even take over the gospel message in your heart that you know and that you have and that the love that you have for Jesus. It can, it can kind of rip that away from you, uh, and he's like, I don't want the gospel to be taken away from me. I think that's why he talks about it so much. So let's get to it, all right? Let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. Open them up to Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six. So I want, I want us to ask some questions today. Before we do that, I want to dig deep a little bit into something that Jesus says. And we're going to talk a little bit about, study a little bit about this in Matthew chapter 6 with what God says or what Jesus says about us 
and God and money. So hopefully uh, you made your way there. Matthew chapter six, we're gonna pick this up in verse 22. Here's what he says. Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? To which you would say, Andy, I don't see anything in there about money. Like, I don't see anything. Where is he talking about? I see something about my eye, uh, but I don't see anything about my money. So let me talk about this, because he is alluding, he is getting this, to this point. But here's what he's saying. This is what he's talking about. He is saying, if your eye is bad, then you're going to run into things. That's what he's saying. If you can't see, that's a problem. And he's even saying, even if you're in an illuminated room, if you're in a room full of light and, and your eye is not functioning properly, if it's blinded, then it doesn't matter how lit up that room is, uh, you're still surrounded by darkness. And here's the thing, like we get that, don't we? Hopefully just practically we get that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever gotten something in your eye and it affects your entire functioning body? Anybody? Like, isn't that weird? Like, I don't know why such a little thing in your eye, in my eye actually shimmies all its way down like to my quads. It does, it just happens. I don't know how that's possible, but it happens. So we kind of know what he's talking about. One thing, uh, one thing that you'll come across in the Bible uh, is that the Bible talks a lot about your eyes. It talks a lot about your eyes. Your eyes are very, very important. In fact, there's even a connection a lot of times with your eyes to your heart. Uh, that God talks a lot about the connection from your eye to your heart. And Jesus is saying something to us really important here when it comes to our finances, everybody. Listen, that, that most problems, most of what trips us up, it actually starts with our eye. That's what he's saying. It starts with our eyes. So, so if your eye is healthy, if your eye is healthy, then you will see what is real. You will see what is true. That's what Jesus is saying. Uh, the Greek word for healthy here, uh, it actually means generous. That's what the, Greek, the original word means. It means generous. It means uh, that, that if your heart is generous, uh, then you'll see, you'll have that eye, then, then your whole spiritual life will be flooded with understanding. You'll see the way things need to be seen, okay? But he says if the eye is bad, if it's bad, then you'll be in the dark. And the translation for bad here is actually really interesting. It means grudgingly or ungenerous, and it actually means tightwad. That's what it means. Like, that's the actual, kind of means tightwad, okay? So, so here's the thing, everybody. Hopefully, you can start to see that Jesus, in fact, is talking about finances. He's talking about resources and what you do with them. He's talking about that really clearly, that there is a way to live with money in a God way, and there is a way uh, without God being involved with your finances that much, okay? Now, <clears throat> The next verse, Jesus, is going to lay out uh, attention. And it's attention, if you are a Christian, if you're somebody who says, I follow Jesus, I want uh, to follow Jesus, it is something that is felt, that you have felt before if you follow Jesus. And this is actually where he's going to talk about money. So this is verse 24. Here's what he says right after that. He says, therefore, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay, so just, just laying this out here. Okay, Jesus is saying there are two masters, right? There, there are two masters, and we cannot in any realm of possibility be loyal to both of these masters. And he tells us who the two masters are. The two masters are God and not the devil, like, that's what we want us to think, right? Andy, isn't it God and Satan? Isn't that what it is? Like, that's, isn't that what it's supposed to be, Jesus? But Jesus, he goes, no, no, that, that's not, listen to me. He said, that's not where the conflict is. That's not where the conflict is at all. The struggle that you face every day, don't miss this, is God and your stuff. 
That's what he says. That's what Jesus is telling you, that that's the battle that we have. And from those two things, God and your stuff, you will have a master. Can't be balanced with both. You're gonna serve one and not serve the other. You can't be devoted to both. So with God and money, Jesus is saying something here. He's, he's gonna say, you're gonna end up favoring one over the other. And you're gonna actually end up trusting one more than you trust the other. Now, I want you to notice something that he says in here. He doesn't say that, this is very important for you to catch. He doesn't say you need to be devoted to one over the other. That's not what he's saying. He says, no, it'll happen. You will be devoted to one over the other. That's what will happen, uh, which then causes us to wonder. I don't know about you. It causes me to wonder because if it's not God and the devil, I mean, the devil's a, I would say that's a big, why God and money? Like, why are they at such odds? Like, I don't understand. Like, you know, a lot of times in Christianity, we talk about money is just kind of neutral, but he's saying, man, there's something about that that, you, that, that gets to us. So, and here's why. Like, the, the, here's, here's what, why there are such odds. And it's really simple. It's because the tug of each one is, is opposite. The, the tug of each one is in opposite direction. Just for example, I, there are many, many different tugs uh, of these that are opposite, but I just thought of a few. Uh, so just for instance, like God, he commands us to actually walk in this life by faith. That's what he says, he's walked by faith, but, but money actually says, no, go by sight, go by what you can see, go by what you can get, go by what you can have. Those are two totally different tugs. Uh, with, with God, he commands us to be humble. He says, man, walk in this life, be humble, but money and possessions ultimately kind of lead our hearts to be like, look at what I have, and I get a little prideful, and I want more, and that's what the tug is of money and possessions. God says, here's what God says about what we should invest our lives in. He says, man, you should invest your life and you should invest your energy and time into things unseen and eternal. But money and possessions, it says, no, be attached to what's temporary. Be attached to what doesn't really last and then just get the next one and the biggest one and the better one. And that's, that's what the tugs are totally, totally. So I hope you say, see what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, you can't obey both orders. You, it's impossible to obey both orders. So listen, it's either trust money and distrust God or trust God and totally distrust money. You, you're doing one of those. You're not in the middle. You're doing one or the other, okay? And so let me, simp I wanna simplify this really quick if you wanna write this down. This is as simple as I could put it when it comes to God and us and money. Here it is. How I see money then, it reveals how I see God. That's really important. Like, what I do with the money, that come, what I do with the resources that are coming my way, how I look at them, how money and, and possessions, all that, how that influences me, it tells me about the health of my relationship with my heavenly father. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but it's very true. Now, I wanna back up, I wanna back up and go to one more thing that Jesus says. And it's usually when you hear a teaching about this, it's the first thing you hear, but it's actually in a different section, uh, but it is also something very important. And he's gonna, and I did this on first, I want us to go through this first before we see something, because here's the thing. Jesus is gonna say something to us that's very simple, but really true, and I want us to actually be able to do some work in our hearts today, everybody. I want us to do some work, because here's the thing that I know. If, if you're a Christian, if I were to ask all of you, hey, listen, do you trust God more than money? Everybody would say, well, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I trust God more than money. Of course I do. But here's the thing, gang. There is, I don't know if you knew, there is a litmus test for this. There is a litmus, and Jesus is about to give us. There is a litmus that he's about to give, and the litmus test is gonna show us for what most Christians would say is true, but they actually don't, they don't pass the test. They say it's true, but they don't pass it. Here's the limits. Here's what he says in verse 21. It's a verse right before this, and here's what he says, real simple. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what is Jesus saying? What is Jesus saying? Jesus says, listen, it's really easy to know what you love. Just look at where your money goes. 
It's really easy to know what you love. Just look at where your money goes. Jesus being very practical on this principle. He's simply saying, you can easily see what love value you place on things or don't place on things simply by looking at where your money goes towards those things. And, and here's the thing, gang. We think about this, what he just says, we think about it the other way. A lot of times, like we think it's reverse. We're like, no, no, no. And like I hear about things, you know, I hear about a need or, or, or a cause that, that really I believe in and then I'll give to that. So I really feel like my money uh, follows my heart. But, but Jesus reverses it. And he says, no, 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 that's not true. See, your money doesn't follow your heart. Your heart actually follows your money. That if you want to know right now, today, in this moment, if you want to know the treasure you have for something, look at how your money goes towards it. Now listen, that's not what I'm saying. I want you to, don't, don't, don't email me about it. Like, this is what Jesus is saying about you and about me and about our lives and, and our heart and the resource and what you truly value or don't value. So, so for me, just for me as an example, I'll, I'll throw me out there. If you want to know where my heart is, you can't look at what I do up here on a Sunday morning. Like, all this, this is a talent that God has given me, and I'm just trying to be as obedient as I can to this, uh, to this talent that he gave me. If you want to know where Andy's heart is, then you need to look at where his money is going. That's exactly what Jesus, that's what you look at. You look at where my money's going. If you want to know where my heart is, look at where my money's going. That's what Jesus is saying. Very, very practical. And listen to me, this is why it matters, everybody. This is why God wants you to hear this message so much because I think you should really think about this with God today. Just, just really, man, I just want you to at least sit and think about it and just ask a question instead of just assuming. Because again, I think if I ask every question, if you, if, Christian, if you trust a God more money, you say yes. I just want, we owe it to ourselves to think about this. Uh, here's what I want to say. I want to tell you something really important. Your stuff, your money, doesn't care a lick about you. But your heavenly father does. Oh man, he loves you so much. And he has some things to say about when it comes to you and your finances. He has some principles to follow. He has some commands that he wants you to follow because he loves you. And here's why he has them for you, everybody. This is what you gotta catch because he's saying, man, I just want your heart. I don't want your stuff. I don't want your stuff, man. I want your heart. And in fact, he's like, I don't want your stuff. And here's the other important thing. And I don't want your stuff to get you. I want your heart, man, this is what the gospel tells us over and over and over. It's really powerful. Uh, the defining, distinguishing characteristic of what it means to be a Christian, this is central to being someone who loves God, is to come open-handed and to first receive this gift from God and the treasure that he made. You know what the treasure that he has is you. To first accept this, that, that he treasured you so much that Jesus went to die for you on the cross. That's the first thing that you have to come to terms with. When he did that, he gave himself to you and forgiveness entered in for us. And he showed us his treasure and it's us. And then, here's the thing, here's the catch, everybody. See, then that causes us, because of that truth and when we catch it, it causes us to live in a way with our money to say, okay, God, then whatever you say, I'll do. Whatever you say, I'll do because, man, you showed me the treasure that you have in me and I want to show you the treasure I have in you. So I want to just, I want to ask us some questions. I want us to ask some questions. This isn't about really the questions as much as it's about your heart. Where's your heart? Where, where are some things that, that God's speaking to you right now? But I do want to ask these questions that I hope you'll ask yourself. And I'm asking these to help us see uh, the way that people who choose God uh, who choose life, who choose to believe uh, that God's way is better, that this is the way that I want to live my life and choose to live for Jesus and let that be light and let that be the guide for them and their finances and their money and their resources. They answer yes to these questions. I just think we owe it to ourselves to ask them as well. So here's the first question that they answer yes to, and here it is. I hope you write these down. I really do. Do I live 
like everything is God's? That's the first important question that you should ask. Do I live, do I see that? Do I see that everything is God's? So for people who have settled their lives with Jesus, see, we just agree that God owns everything. He owns all of it. This is a fundamental characteristic of believers in Christ, that we see through the lens of everything that comes our way, uh, including our paychecks, it comes from God. He owns it. He is the owner of it. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, hey, what did you have that you did not receive? Okay, so, so this is just how we see it. It's just, this is, we just recognize that it's not really ours, that we are just managers of it. And really, gang, here's the thing, gang. This one right here, if we can see this one, everything else will fall into place. Trust me, everything else will fall into place if we recognize that everything is God's. Here's the second one that we wanna ask. So then do I uh, give back to God first? So do I recognize that everything's his, and then do I give back to God first? So here's the deal. When we recognize, this is, just think about it. When we, if we can recognize that everything is, is God, then the next logical question is, okay, God, what do you want me to do with it, right? That's the next logical question. It's yours. What do I do? What now? And gang, here's the thing. God clearly answers this. We don't have to wonder. He clearly answers. God says, I give you 100%. I don't give you any other, I give you all of it. I give you 100%, uh, and I want you to give back 10% to my work. That's what I want you to do, okay? And then live on 90%. That's what he clearly instructs us to do. And really, that's a pretty good deal, actually. Seriously, think about this. It's a pretty good deal, okay? Because if you went into any bank, listen, just think about this. If you went into any bank and said, I would like a $10,000 loan, okay? And they said, okay, uh, all you gotta do is give me 1,000 back. And you say, well, okay, wait, so I need to give 10,000 plus 1,000. They're like, no, just give 1,000 and I'll give you the rest. You'd take that in a heartbeat, right? Like you would run away like yelling about it and telling everybody to do that. This is our perspective with God, everybody. This is our perspective with God. He's saying, I gave you 10, just give me one back. This is called a tithe. It's, it's, a, it's a tenth. It's a, it's a portion that we get. And this, listen to me, this is what God tells us to do. And when God commands us to do that, when he, when, he, when he tells us to do this, what he's doing is he is looking to see something, everybody. It's a test, I'm telling you. He's looking to see, do you really want me? Do I really have your heart? Do you really live in a way that you believe that every single thing that comes your way really is for me, that I'm the one who's blessed you with all that you have? Listen, because if you do believe that, if you really do believe that, then giving a portion back to my kingdom uh, and my work on earth should be an easy thing in your heart. Shouldn't be that hard. That's what he's saying. Tithing is the established, ordinary, expected practice that every follower of Christ does. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna say it again. Tithing is the established, ordinary, expected practice that every follower of Christ does. And it's a test, it's a test. Why is it a test? Because it's not easy, right? It's hard, like nobody just has 10% laying around going, geez, I wonder what to do with that. Like nobody has that. It's, it, and God is like, man, I'm telling you, this is about your heart. For every, it's a very slim percentage of people that has 10% uh, that doesn't affect their lives right now with, with how we're living and where we're living. But uh, the, So here's the thing, this is gonna take a measure of faith and it's gonna take a measure of math to get there, okay? And I know a lot of you are not there. I, I, I would give you the statistic on how many people tithe, but it's, it's, it's awful. Um, but I'm telling you, man, it, it, you can get there. You need to get there. God commands you to do it, and so it takes a measure of faith and a measure of math. I want to challenge you wherever you are to get there. I don't know how you get there. Just do some work and say, all right, the math tells me I can do this. I'm going to let faith tell me that we can do this and just start working towards that, okay? But the answer to that, yes to that question, do I give back first to God? Here's the third one. Am I content with what I have? Am I content with what I have? I know you know this, but I'm gonna say this again. What we are battling, what we are battling, Jesus already talked about it. That's like when he's, the word manna back then, was, or the word money uh, is, is manna. It's more than money, it's possessions, it's things, it's these things. Uh, we are battling the constant message 
that the world gives that what really makes me happy, that really what gets me there uh, is more of what I'm already consuming. That's the message that the world sends. That, that in order for me to be content is more of what I'm already consuming, okay? But Jesus comes in and he goes, no, 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 that's not gonna get you there. He says it over and over and over again, okay? He says, that's what work. The world is like a Ponzi scheme. That's what he said. The world, like it's gonna get you satisfied just for a little bit and it's never gonna be enough and you gotta keep going. It's like a house of cards and it'll fall apart, okay? And, and that's why, listen to me, everybody, that's why there are a lot of people, a lot more than you think, that have all the money that you could imagine and all the stuff and they're still not content, they're still not happy, I'm telling you. Um, and God is, and here's, I wanna tell you something real quick uh, with this one. It's okay to spend. Like, God is okay with you spending money. Like, the, the, I don't know if you ever heard a preacher say that, okay? He's okay. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to enjoy your life. But he wa- here's what he wants you to have. He just wants you to have a balance that shows you're enjoying life instead of constantly being discontent with what you have. It's a big difference. There's a big difference in spending and enjoying your life and spending because you're not content with what you have. So for me and Courtney, uh, we have a couple things, like, right? Just, and one of our things is that we love spending money on vacation, okay? Specifically eating at vacation, okay? Like we, we, we have a, uh, we don't wanna cook ever. Like we don't wanna use one utensil. Uh, so we save and save and save and save so we don't have to get a pot or pan out, okay? That's just what we do. It's our thing. It's, it's, it's more money than a lot of, you, we just what we wanna do. That's what we save up. It's our, you should have a thing. Right, what's your thing? What's the thing that just gives you more bang for your buck? But here's the thing. You shouldn't, your thing shouldn't be everything. That's what God is, your thing shouldn't be everything if you're following God. It can't be trips and eating out and cars and constant upgrades on things. That's not what he's saying, okay? Because, because here's why, why? Because it actually reveals a problem with being content if that's what you do. It's revealing something in your heart that you are not content with what you have. This is what God is trying to tell you. Here's the last one. Do I have a plan? Do I have a plan? So again, if you go back to the first one and you really do believe that everything is God's, like everything comes, it's a huge fundamental characteristic of Christians. But if you do believe that, then here's the thing. With the measure of money that comes in, then whatever measure, and whatever measure it is, then there should be a strategy with God's money. There should be a strategy for where it goes. And I like to use the word strategy because it sounds better than budget, all right? But that's what it is, okay? I'm, I bamboozled you. It's a budget, okay? Do you have a budget, okay? So real quick, real quick, do, do you, just a few things. Do you have a strategy with the money? One, do you just first know where your money goes? That's a very important question to ask in this one. Do you, do you first know? A lot of us don't even know where it's going. We're like, wow, where is it going? Check Applebee's. Okay, I'm just saying, like, that's why, like, where's it going? Just know where it goes. Okay, so that's number one. Are you telling your money what to do? Are you also telling your money what to do? Contrary to popular belief, uh, your money doesn't have legs or emotions. It doesn't go where it wants to go. It goes where you tell it to go, okay? But are you telling it? Are you, are you giving it a name? Are you telling it where to go? And then are you coming back to assess and adjust? That's what Courtney and I do on our budget. That, that's, those are the three things that, that we do and the, and the question we ask, we, where is it going? Uh, what are we telling us to do? And, and, and are we coming back to assess and adjust? So, so for me and Courtney, we have a strategy, right? We have, like, so first of all, we allow God to prioritize uh, and, and, and give our needs to us. That's the first thing we do. And then we have a plan for spending our 90%. We have a plan for spending our 90%, and then we get together a couple times a year uh, to assess and adjust. That, that's what we do, and we try our best to live disciplined enough to save for the future uh, and live on the rest, and I'll tell you right now, with a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, uh, what the studies say about the cost of raising a child is true, uh, okay? I think the latest number of raising a child from zero to 18 is $875 million. I think that's about right. Uh, that's how much it costs. It's pretty close, okay? Like, real close. Uh, and so, man, it's not always the easiest for us to save like we want to. Trust me, it's not. 
It really is hard sometimes to save the way we want to, and it's really sometimes hard to live within our means and how God says to live, but it's why we have a strategy. It's why we have a plan. It's why we assess and adjust. And gang, listen, I'm telling you something about our marriage right now. I'm telling you something. There's nothing better uh, than our marriage. It's like one of the top handfuls of things that we love about our marriage is that we know all this stuff together. That we, and it brings more prayer into our lives than anything. I'm telling you, uh, this, this area of our lives, it, it, it makes a world of difference to let God in uh, into our finances, and it's one of the better things that God is involved in in our lives. One more thing, and we're going to be done. The average, listen to this. I just did this again. I've said this before. The average household will manage around $3 million in your lifetime, okay? Over a 40-year work period, that's, that's about what will come into your lives, about $3 million, okay? It's going to come in, and it's going to go out. It's going to come in, and it's going to go out. We don't keep a penny of it. And here's what I want to say. Not one penny of it cares about you. I know you, think, you might think, your heart might feel, doesn't care about you but you have a heavenly father who cares deeply about you. He loves you, and he has some things to say to you about when it comes to the relationship that you have with money and resources, okay? And this one area of your lives, this one area I wanna challenge you is one of the greatest opportunities to see God's hand in your life, to know the value that we put on him, and to be a part of something eternal while we're down here on this earth. Let's pray. God, thank you that you love us. Thank you for the value that you put on us by showing us how much you do, how much of a treasure we are by sending us Jesus for him to die on the cross for us. Thank you for showing that, that, that that's what you value in us. Help us to see that and be changed by what Jesus did for us. That's the first step in all of this. We, we live in a culture that tries to just take things and, and, and we battle and, and, and we think uh, that, that we need more, but we don't, God. Like, you give us what we need and I pray that we are challenged to live that way and, and we fight it and it's a battle. I pray that you give us courage. I pray you give us strength uh, to fight through this. It's tough and, and, and God, I pray for us to really be challenged in making you first in our lives, first in our marriages, first in our relationships with our kids, first in every area, including, including our finances, that, that we want to trust you. So we trust you. Help us, Lord, as we think about the questions we need to ask when it comes to the value we place on you. We need you. We love you. And we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.